Welcome to another episode of That Bud Tender Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca Blanche. Today's episode is freaking awesome. We're sitting with my cannabis mentor, Danny Bancroft. She basically taught me everything I know about weed. We get to chat about first meeting back at the Green Easy and how things were bud tending in a medical state versus recreational. We talk about cannabis for pain management. I swear to ganja, she's gonna wrap up cannabinoids, terpenes, the endocannabinoid system in such a digestible way for you guys. So even if you've never heard of these terms before, I feel pretty confident that after listening, you're going to be a little more um, well-suited for your next cannabis purchase. We talk about traveling with weed. We get into cannabis reform. We tell you how to get a better high from edibles. And we also share some tricks in case you green out. Danny learns what's not jazz music, which was really fun. There's a lot of giggles. There's a lot of jingle jangle. Um, my guest, Danielle, she is part gypsy. She literally had 18 bangles on. So I'm still learning. Pardon the jingles. Moving forward, no guests are allowed more than one bracelet during recording. I'm looking forward to honing in a little bit more on this craft. My producer says I need to get another microphone so that when I speak, it's not picking up the room, whatever that means. But yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited to see this grow. And this is such a great episode to kick things off. I really hope you enjoy it. Hit me up, let me know. And now, yeah, take a moment to chill with the OG budtender herself, Danny Bancroft. I told myself I could smoke this blunt only if I was recording the podcast. exciting so my mentor my cannabis mentor is here today she's also one of my best friends yes i'm so so blessed to have you in my life thank you for doing this i i know (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's just fucking go for it so why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself where you're from and maybe your initial relationship with cannabis versus how you actually got into the industry It's be a long story. <laughs> um, so my name is Danielle Bancroft. I'm originally from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, a little town called West Barnesville. Growing up, I did not like cannabis at all. I actually loved D.A.R.E. and had a D.A.R.E. bumper sticker when I was 16 years old and was a super big advocate for not doing any drugs. Mm-hmm. I saw both my older sisters get into drugs at a young age, which kind of made me feel uncomfortable about doing anything. Yeah. And then they teach you in D.A.R.E. like, it's a gateway drug. So I was like, oh, if I smoke weed, I'm fucked. I ended up moving to California because I love the sunshine. I just wanted to get away from the snow and the people that I grew up with. When I moved out here, I ended up getting really sick with something called pelvic inflammatory disease. And when I went into the hospital, I found out I was allergic to pain medicine. So when I got out, I was given ibuprofen and having to take it all the time. And I was getting really sick off that. So then I was like, I don't know what else to do. So my doctor was like, it's wise of you to look into cannabis and I kind of laughed and was like oh it was always a drug there's no way this was work as medicine so I just kind of totally forgot about it and you've been doing it since what year shit I don't even know 
can't remember when I got hired at Green Easy. Mike would know. Is it 2012? So you say, okay, what's up? You meet these guys. Yes. They're building it out. Yep. You open this place. Had you smoked weed when you opened the Green Easy? When we opened the Green Easy, yes, I had started smoking. Before okay. Green Easy was built out, I started at MMD, which is no longer there. One of the very early dispensaries yes. here in this Yeah, Sunset and Liberty. I started there. That's when I first got it. And it was funny because I didn't smoke weed. The girl who was training me was so high. <laughs> and she literally just brought me behind the counter and she was like, Indica Sativa Hybrid. And then she was like, these are all the prices up here. Pretty much people are just going to tell you what they want. Joints over here, $10. Edibles over there, whatever the prices are listed on there. And I was like, okay, cool. And she was like, have a good day. And she just left me. And I was like, oh my God, like what is going on here? Like, I don't even know what's happening. But that really was how it happened. Like people just came in and they were like, yo, I want, you know, 40 bucks of Blue Dream. And you just have a scale and you weigh it out to like what it says. Like, this is this. First day, it was like kind of scary, but I got through it. So then it was like every day after that, it was fine. And my security guard was really cool. I used to just sit in the waiting room we used to watch like old school LA movies until patients came in and then I would just like help them but I got to keep all my own tips and people tipped you really good because it was almost like they felt like they were doing something bad Mm. so it was like five or ten dollars always I don't know where that shifted later in time where it's like big money out of a tip jar to pay their tab Back in the day, things were obviously very different. Yes. People held interviews in their pajamas. It's not the cannabis industry that is growing as we speak. Oh my God, I felt blessed every single day. And now I feel like I drive myself insane at work. Because it's unfortunately, especially here in California and LA specifically, the format has changed entirely where now yeah. it's like it's converted itself into traditional retail, retail. because yeah. it's trying to appeal to the masses and we're inviting. Yes. And look how friendly everyone is. Mm-hmm. It's funny because it's like when I worked back then, it's like butt tenders were really looked down upon. You really were just like somebody who sold drugs. You know right. what I mean? Like if you told somebody you were a butt tender, they were like, oh, you're a piece of shit, basically. Like it was embarrassing to tell people what I did or like totally unacceptable. I told my grandpa I sold medical equipment for a while because <laughs> I was too scared to tell him I sold weed. I don't know where I was going with that. Well, it's just, it's totally different. It it's, is totally different. It's, totally- it's like you got paid the least to be in like the most high risk job. Because it was lawless. Yes. It's like, we'll pay you $10 an hour to risk your life. No worries. Literally. At the time that you did get a gun pointed at your face, which, I mean, talk about PTSD yeah. and just like the mental strength that you possess, that was remedied with, here, take what, an ounce of yeah, yeah. Skywalker? Yeah, no counseling, no extra <laughs> money, no nothing. I was originally going on vacation, so they were like, hey, take your vacation when you come back. Like let us know and when I was driving back from vacation they were like hey we haven't heard from you we hope you're okay like are you coming back to work and I was just like I guess so well yeah what brought you back after something like that the money back in the day you didn't have to pay taxes and I was making more money than I was taking care of my boyfriend and our roommate and our dog who was sick at the time because I was making a shit ton of money and he didn't even have a job he was going to school so it was like I could quit that and like go back to retail or working at a bar which I hated staying up late and like Mm -hmm. having to dress in a way that I didn't want to dress to go to work and it was like acronyms I could wear whatever I wanted I could just be whoever I wanted and it was yeah and the connection you had with customers was totally different than anything you have now it was like everybody that came to you 
you saw them for months or years at a time. It was like everybody was a returning patient. You knew them by name. You knew what they liked. Like, right. And it's like every once in a while you get new patients and they were probably referred there from somebody else. So they already kind of liked you. Right. They would turn into a returning customer. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And they were still referred to as patients. Yes. And I still use patients to I this day. <laughs> and it happened so fast. That, it happened so fast. This um, shift. And it's weird because when you look at the industry now and you look at the industry when we started and it was medical back then mm -hmm. and recreational now and you think like back in the day when I showed you a jar of weed, like 64 grams of weed in that jar yeah. and you could shake it around and look at it, that's what the recreational patient wants. They want to hold a mm -hmm. jar of weed and be like, yo, look yeah. at this weed. Mm -hmm. And it's like a candy store, like a high-end truffle store. You get to like look at all of them, see them. They're weighing your buds out. It's like that feels like they're catering to you in some way where it's like... Now everything's pre-packaged, it's already weighed, it's tested, blah, blah, blah. It's like you think that's that's how it would have been when it was a medicine. We flipped, but we're opposites. It's weird. Even like a lot of good growers, a lot of great businesses, they couldn't, our barrier to entry was so expensive, they couldn't even make the leap. And then it was like everyone that was medical, we, we weren't even allowed to stay medical. We had to go recreational. Like those, like America's old dispensary that catered to, you know, sick people, they gave them free medicine and stuff. That was kind of, it's like, some dispensers were doing it, but that was kind of unheard of. I feel like all that got lost when we went recreational because it was all just like, oh, now we're open to everybody. We can get the most amount of money. And then everybody was like, let's go. Like, right. we want to do this. The guy who used to grow the Purple God's gift, he was like, I don't want to be in this new market because this feels not so nice. And it's like they just opted to just leave the whole industry, which I'm sure we lost a lot of good flour. Or it took a long time for those people to get around. Those fortune cookies, that yeah. small couple, amazing edibles. Yes. I don't even know if they ever made it back into it. I don't know either. I always get Hash House. Yeah, shout out to you guys. Shout You're amazing. Wherever oh you are. Yeah. <laughs> we miss your fortune cookies. <laughs> and the Rice Krispie Treats. Yes, dude. No, they were killing it. That's the thing. It was like, it was giving opportunity to people mm -hmm. who didn't have much to invest. Yes. But were putting their entire heart and soul into their products and what they did because they truly believed yes. in it. Yes. Whereas now it's a lot of hedge funds and yes. investors and people who are here to make money and greed will make anything yes. icky. Yep. There's like an icky factor. I mean, not to totally shit on it, you're still helping a lot of people, but do you feel like in today's market, do you get those moments with your customers like we did back in the day where it was like, you saved my life? Very rarely. At my new dispensary, only one time. And it made me feel so good again because her girlfriend was like, can I record you saying this? Because I'm never going to remember it. And she was like, I feel like this is important. And that's what kind of what breaks my heart a little bit about the industry now is because at using it as a medicine and being a patient who uses it and has seen the benefit, like with my dog, with his epilepsy, with me, with pain management, with so many patients who've like gone through cancer. Oh my God, that one lady who we thought was going to like pass away and she came back and she's pregnant and married oh my god I'm gonna cry it's such like a miraculous medicine and I feel like we're doing a disservice to the industry by not properly explaining what the plant's capabilities are and how to use it and how to like really find what you're looking for and I think what's really going to change the industry is the one dispensary that stands apart and really focuses on the medicine because consumers have no idea how to shop mm -hmm. and they just make up like the highest THC percentage I don't care about a term indica sativa hybrid still and it's like everything you're doing is wrong it's yeah. totally it's false. 
else. And it's like they themselves, they're like, oh, I can only smoke sativas. Like, I had a gentleman who came in, love him to death, amazing. He's a professor and he's like, oh, you know, I, ha- I have some mental issues. I can't ever have sativa. It's like, and you guys gave me an indica dominant hybrid and I got really anxious because I think there's a little sativa in there. And I wanted to be like, it's not even the indica or sativa. It's the terpene. It's like, we need to sit down with you and figure out what terpene made you feel that way so that like we just keep you away from that so you can use it as a medicine but it's like it takes so long to explain that and some people want to learn and some people don't and it's not that I don't think he was open to it now it's like I don't have time to like have that deep dive conversation and really explain it to a person that like needs it really for medicine because it's like I gotta get it to the next person or do something else and I almost feel like he's at a loss like I ended up just you know helping him out finding something that I know is really sedative because I've tried it before and I know it wasn't going to make him anxious, but it's sad. Right, because back in the day, the format was at our shop, at least, and pretty much any shop, while things were still medical, you would check in and then you would wait in a separate room, hence the mm-hmm. waiting room. Mm-hmm. And someone eventually would come out and get you and bring you into the showroom which just that title alone makes Mm -hmm. it even fancier Mm -hmm. like come into the showroom like it was really a consultation 100% it was an individual one-on-one consultation you could pretty much take as long as you want and people definitely did we used to get like death stares from our manager like you need to wrap it up but it's like I can't like they really need this information like this is we're talking about their health whether physical or mental like you can't fuck around with that and I'm grateful that you always took it seriously because right. you set the standard for everyone else that walked into the Green Easy as far as like okay this is a medicine this is serious I need to educate myself right so thank you for that yeah of course and thank you guys for people. always being so sweet too <laughs> you would always let me take that patient for like an hour and a half oh my god I know have to help 30 <laughs> other patients while I'm still on that one you'd see like 18 people <laughs> It is, yeah. I mean, can you talk, and this would be, especially for people, let's say, who haven't had the opportunity to, like, really learn about cannabis Mm -hmm. or go to a shop. I'm sure you're sick of it, but, like, can you break down cannabinoids, terpenes? What is it that we really should be looking for when we're shopping consciously? When you're shopping consciously, you 1000% need to look for terpenes. It is the main driving factor of your high. If you don't know what a terpene is, you have no idea how to shop for weed. It's difficult because a lot of companies don't put it out there. Right. A lot of dispensaries. I don't know of any other than the la- than mine currently and my last one because I so heavily fought to have it be on there. Right. You introduced that concept. Yes. Yeah. Just because from like learning and educating myself, it, it's THC percentage. Yes, it does have some correlation to the effect. It's basically like if you have a car, mm. the THC is like the key in the ignition. And then the terpene is what drives the high to be sedative or uplifting or an antidepressant mm. or helps with insomnia it's all those working together to create that medicinal effect and if you are a 
medicinal patient or if you just don't like to feel a certain type of way. It's important to know what's in your medicine. So it's like if every single time you smoke terpenaline, you get really anxious, you don't want that in your flower. And it's from a consumer, how are you ever gonna steer yourself away from that high if you have no idea what's inside of your cannabis? So it should be the consumers driving the market and asking the dispensaries, like, list the terpenes. Mm -hmm. Why isn't everyone listing terpenes on all the flowers? We're doing a disservice to the customer because they don't even know how to shop and we should be educating them on how to find the right cannabis. That's our jobs as bud tenders. And instead, we're just going off of Indica Sativa Hybrid, which is completely a false way to shop. It has no correlation to the effect. We're keeping everything dumbed down. Yes, where it's like, I don't think they want to be... dumbed down or uneducated or lazy exactly exactly and it'd be better if dispensaries wanted to inform the customer my true ultimate dispensary would have terpenes and coas easily accessible on every single Mm -hmm. flower table so that when you came in there as a consumer you could scan that and be like oh i don't know what a terpene is and someone would come up to you and be like let me explain a terpene to you let me take 10 seconds to educate you so that if you go into another dispensary and they don't have this Listed, you can teach somebody else or you know exactly what to look for and you don't need to ask this stoner person over here who doesn't even care about terpenes what they smoked and then go home with something you hated it needs to be there and it's funny because only one state requires it and it's las vegas who is far behind us wow i didn't know so nevada's like you guys have to put all they require terpene testing i really thought you were gonna say oregon well oregon they do it because they're just incredible and amazing i don't know if it's actually required there by state law mm-hmm. it might be i'd have to look into that but I don't believe so I just think they are so much more education forward that a lot of dispensaries are starting to do that out there which is crazy because we're just as big as them we're it's like I've been knowing about terpenes for years now yeah and still it's not something that's required by our regulations no it's interesting the things that are required by the BCC mm-hmm. do such a disservice yes. to the community and you implemented like crazy regulations right it's insane so So it's like the people who already would have struggled to kind of carve their own path in this crazy ass place can't because they don't have the funds to get their foot in the door. Yeah. Like a lot of people are under umbrella companies because they can't do it on their own. So they'll all work through like a distribution company or all collab together to like put funds to do it on their own. For growers, I feel like it's so hard now because it's like you can't even just come with the fire weed. You have to come with like the packaging and like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. the high testing yeah that's a shame there's so much flour to, that doesn't make it to the shelf because it's not above 20 percent or 25 percent and and it's like when you talk to growers it's a struggle for them and it's like without them we wouldn't have an industry they grow all the medicine and when they go to sell to shops and they have a really great strain of weed and it tests at 22 percent THC, the dispensaries are like how am i supposed to sell that when it's like why not it's a great amazing weed and it's because the dispensaries are uneducated and don't know how to tell the consumer look a 22% THC weed means there's plenty more terpenes which means you're gonna have a far more enjoyable high than taking a 38% THC weed that has zero terpenes you're just gonna be numbed out on your couch who wants that you want to pay $90 to just be a zombie no I'd rather pay 40 bucks and feel great right. <laughs> it's almost more of that like initial high when you first start smoking yes. since you're so educated and we have you here could we talk a little bit about CBD yes I love when you talk about like homeostasis. 
of it. So if we could go into that, because I think just if anyone like listening just takes this one concept away with them as far as like cannabis goes yes. and how it's such an individual journey. Yes. I feel like it eases those who might be apprehensive about it. 100%. It's like the plant's really just doing what it's meant to do. Yes, exactly. So I'll just kind of try to like touch all the bases yeah. and put it all together in a short little summary. So everybody has an endocannabinoid system. It functions kind of like your immune system or any other system in your body. The cool thing about it is everybody has an individual one, kind of like your fingerprint. Nobody has the same. So when you're born, you're born with a certain amount of receptors in your own unique little endocannabinoid system. And over time, we start to get stressed out. And you know, we sometimes are born with a deficiency and our homeostasis gets thrown off. A lot of times when we need to treat anxiety and depression in these things, it's because our endocannabinoid system is deficient in just natural cannabinoids. And you have two different cannabinoids. You have endocannabinoids, which your body naturally makes, and then you have phytocannabinoids, which Mm -hmm. come from plants. So when your body becomes deficient in your endocannabinoids, your natural forming ones, you can substitute in phytocannabinoids to bring your body back to homeostasis. Now we don't do a lot of research on this, so it's not like we're like take your daily vitamins. Right. We don't really We don't have it necessarily to back it exactly. up. Exactly. But we've seen it day in and day out. A hundred percent. And all these individual people have done studies and tests on their own because we're not federally allowed to because it's still, you know, a controlled substance. But people have shown that when you're deficient in certain endocannabinoids, it leads to depression and anxiety and all kinds of other symptoms and ailments and if you could just regulate your body every day with just a small dose of cannabinoids cbd cbg which is a stem cell cannabinoid all cannabinoids come from cbg Mm -hmm. that's what it starts out as it could help regulate that bodily function and and slow the progression of something or possibly completely dissolve your depression or your anxiety if you can find your dose and stabilize that cannabinoid in your body so that your body is at homeostasis you'll feel that you won't need to medicate as often and it's not as addictive as everybody says it is, there's proven studies that show that when people have taken CBD for heroin addiction, if they can take 200 milligrams of CBD when they come into the ER, they will go two weeks without craving heroin. So it's like if we could just somehow implement a cannabinoid regimen where people use it as a daily vitamin and are aware of what they're deficient in and how much they can take to kind of regulate their body, we'd be much happier people. Right. There's a reason why cannabis and other entheogenic plants have been illegal for as long as they have been. Mm -hmm. Because if you can heal yourself... You don't need anybody else. We don't need anyone else. If you can grow your own medicine, we don't need pharmaceuticals. Right. Nothing against pharmaceuticals. They can be amazing in combination. Exactly. They're great for some people. But everything in excess is obviously problematic. Yes. And 100% something that's created that we know is highly addictive, Mm -hmm. more than likely is going to become problematic. Whereas cannabis and these other plant medicines like psilocybin Mm -hmm. and peyote, they're non-addictive. These therapies that people are doing now with ketamine, yes. stuff that's happening with ketamine, and mm-hmm. I want to say maybe MDMA yes. is the other one mm-hmm. where it's taken in small doses and paired with several therapy sessions. Oh, I love this. Yes, and they're finding that they're having incredible success with people with PTSD. Wow. That they're going like 
a year without an episode, without an episode, without triggers, without they no longer qualify as someone who has severe PTSD. PTSD. Wow. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, I mean, cannabis was just the first one to kind of be thrown into the ring with the government Mm -hmm. and we're watching this fight happen. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy because I part of me wants it to go federal so we can do testing so we can do studies so that like we really can view it as a medicine and start using it as a medicine but it freaks me out because I feel like with everything that goes into our federal government it's tainted yes yeah. we just always do it the wrong way Okay, so that was all really, really fascinating. We encourage you to honestly look into the endocannabinoid system, um, look into the entourage effect yes. of cannabis, learn a little bit about yourself. It is trial and error. Everybody's dose is different. Mm-hmm. I always say, you know, try it for a few days, even a few weeks, give it a shot. When I first used it as medicine, I did not believe it was going to work. I thought I was going to just trip out and see colors and be like flying <laughs> out of my window. And it completely took my pain away. And unfortunately, I didn't even really get to get super high off of it. So when I use it, when I need it for medicine, it really does work as medicine for me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I want to get a little high and enjoy that. And it's not that easily achievable when you're in a lot of pain. I have to eat like Mm. more than I should, you know, to get Mm -hmm. that high, high feeling. But then I'm usually just like falling asleep. (laughs) Yes, yes. Usually the joint's still lit. Yep. There's usually a burn mark that is <laughs> somewhere. But definitely know your dose. Yes. Trial and error. Always try it. Start low and slow. If you ever overdo it, lemon juice. Lemons are great. They help break down the THC, make you sober again. Yeah. Also, peppercorns. If you wanted to do that, it's the worst, most awful thing ever. But shit, if you're super high and you don't want to be high, <laughs> you'll do pretty much anything. When we, when the cafe was still open and we would have people just passing out everyone came through those doors like with something to prove yeah like, snoop dog and it's like you're not and no a lot of people when they do consume do it in private yeah we're very used to being high in public because we worked high yeah we, like, <laughs> yes. we know i do everything high, <laughs> we do everything high. so for us and for those out there listening who can relate, not a big deal. Right. But for the average consumer mm-hmm. who does it conservatively speaking, yes. yo, they were dropping like flies. <laughs> <laughs> or like throwing up and this and that. And it's oh, just, no. it is terrible to overconsume anything. Yes, 100%. But yeah, those are little tricks. Yes, <laughs> tricks of the trade. good too. I want to know the craziest thing a patient has ever said to you. Oh my God. I know. The list is so long, I, I can't even choose one. The craziest thing a patient ever said to me. It could be multiple things. I know it's been a lot. Some of them have definitely told me how many times they've been laid in the last year or haven't been laid in the last year. Yep. Yep. A lot of intimate conversations oh, yeah. happen. We were like yeah. a therapist for like 12 years. Mm-hmm. I should have been a millionaire by now. I agree. I get a lot of stupid questions where I have to look at people like, did you just really ask me that? <laughs> Do you remember the girl that was like, you have to show my father how to enhance. Put your mouth around it and just breathe in. How much does he breathe in? I don't know. A normal breath felt so sad for like the dudes to be like what can I do to make my wife come with that one guy when he was talking to Mike and he kept being like oh she puts it on her pussy and I was like oh my (laughs) god like you're around everyone in here is a woman but Mike like what is that Mike felt uncomfortable of course he did that's okay I will say this I've said it before I'll repeat myself most bud tenders are professionals and are totally fine talking about this 100% 
if you can be respectful and at least even ask them, like, are you comfortable with talking about this? Thank you. Some type of consent, I feel like, has to happen because it's like, yeah, you can't go up to a young woman and be like, how am I going to make my wife come? Right. What should I put on her pussy? (laughs) I shouldn't have to say that that's inappropriate, but unfortunately I do. If you are that person, stop. Don't do it anymore. Stop. I want to also know what, like, stoner characteristics you're guilty of. Oh. Girl, definitely guilty of the bungees for sure. <laughs> I would definitely get super high and wake up in the middle of the night and just eat a handful of <laughs> Nestle's chocolate chips, chocolate ice cream, chips. demolish a yeah. pint of ice cream for sure when I'm high. I am definitely a victim of when I'm talking. I get so into the story, I just forget completely what I'm talking about <laughs> mid sentence. Yeah, short term memory loss that's, for sure. Oh yeah, that's mine for sure. It's or like bad. sometimes when you're just being so high and people are talking to you and you're like, what? I just didn't even get any of that. I also sucker people into really weird conversations where if I'm like smoking something that gets my thoughts going, I'm like, what if we save the planet by like building this structure? And people are kind of looking at me like this girl is so high. I do. I also am curious, what would you say is like the greatest lesson bartending has given you? Uh, Patience for sure. Uh, definitely didn't have a lot of that till I started working in cannabis. It's helped connect me to a lot of really amazing people and I feel very fortunate for that. I love the medicinal days and there is a lot of people that I connected with that I felt I helped that I'll mm. never, ever, ever forget. It's taught me how to use it as a medicine. It's helped me grow in my own life and help other people grow in theirs and it's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Same. <laughs> how we got this lucky is beyond me. Like that we're here yeah, that yeah. we get to do this and all that stuff. Um, so there's a lot of people that love weed. But and like, I feel so bad for nobody, for everybody that didn't get to experience it in the very beginning. Because dang, that was... It was the best. I feel very blessed to have seen where it came from mm-hmm. when it still honored the spirit behind yes. like, why we made cannabis medicinal 100%. to begin. Yeah. Where would you like to see the industry go in the next five years? I would love to see it shift a little bit more towards the medicinal side and really put the education back in the consumer's hands. Mm -hmm. And I would love to be a part of that. Because there's always going to be retail. Everyone's always going to want to go into a retail store. And those shops that are all retail right now will forever live and be awesome. But I would love to see us hone back in on really professional, medicinal, fun, wellness dispensaries. I think they'll do really well. I mean, especially in LA, we're all health conscious and we want to eat better. We want to treat ourselves better and we want to look better. And if you, it's like you can go into a dispensary and buy whatever you want if you already know what you're looking for. But if you don't know what you're looking for, it'd be nice to go into a dispensary where they teach you a little bit more and they take a little bit more time with you. And I just really hope that's something that we start to see more. Maybe it's just that. Maybe it's like because it's so new, things had to swing so far from where it came in order to kind of like find its way back Mm -hmm. and find like a happy medium. I hope that's, that's the case. Yeah. This has been all great, by the way. Thanks.
Yeah. No, thank you. Um, okay. So I have a segment. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm nervous. No, no, no. It's a segment I've been calling the re-up. So it's basically stuff that, like, you recommend, that you're into right now, that you would re-up on yourself. Your stamp of approval. Done. Like a lightning round. (laughs) (laughs) Even though you just finished a vlog. Favorite podcast on cannabis besides this one? Uh, Obviously, this one's amazing. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to Periodic Effects, though. Literally taught me so much. I love them. Periodic Effects, they're great. We love you guys. Favorite word for cannabis? Magic. That's what they call in Hawaii. Oh. I know. I was smoking a joint with my dad and these guys walked by and they're like, it smells like magic. And I was like, that is by far the coolest name for weed. Magic. Puff the Magic Dragon, girl. Favorite cannabis brands and products at the moment? Shout out to Maven Genetics. Love you guys. Shout out to Amber Valley. Love you guys. 710 Labs. Love you guys. Also, Cream of the Crop. Shout out to you guys for writing terpenes on your bottles. Love you. Love your reps. Love your company. Love your flower. Love your growing practices. You guys are freaking dope. Damn. Cream of the Crop. So, yeah, if you guys, again, want to look into terpenes, Cream of the Crop does it. Maven has their Mm -hmm. terpenes. Yep. Shout out to you guys for Um, pushing the industry forward. Love you. Love you, Corona. Oh, they they do. do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've been doing it for a minute, too. So there are definitely brands out there that are more... Consumer um, conscious. Exactly. Dopest smoke session you've experienced so far. You're nervous to answer this one. I mean, I just like smoke with you guys, which is super cool, and I love it. (laughs) We've had some really good ones. We've had some good ones. I mean, we've definitely, we've smoked in Joshua Tree. We've been... (sighs) Yeah, Joshua Tree is dope. We smoked on top of that, the Grove parking lot, the structure, and got in trouble. Yep, yep, they had to ask us to come down. Yep. We've smoked pretty much everywhere. You've been to Barcelona, you've smoked in Australia. yeah. Oh my God, that was hard. I almost got arrested in Australia. Is it really, like, not okay? In Tasmania, because you can't bring any other plants or anything in there, it's kind of like Hawaii. And I had eaten a hash edible, and I was just chit-chatting with this guy on the plane, and when I got off the plane, I was so high, and I stopped, and I got a coffee, and when I walked up to get my luggage, it had been like fucking almost an hour, dude. Yeah. And these ladies were standing there in police uniforms with a dog and my luggage, and my luggage was a rainbow luggage, so you can't miss it. And I just remember being like, oh my God, and like trying to be as sober as possible, but not being sober at all. (laughs) And she was like, we smell cannabis in your bag and we're going to have to open it up and we're going to have to look through this. And I literally almost pissed my pants. They grabbed me. Oh, girl. They made me go through all my clothes and they're not allowed to touch your clothes. So I was allowed to stick my hands in there and I knew there was like roaches in my pocket of my jeans. So the dog's face was like in there and I literally just lifted up the clothes and just moved it really fast and was just like, please fucking God, don't smell the fucking jeans. And the dog was like all up in there, but it's like, yo, I think it just like made everything stink. So then she was like, oh, well, we can't like physically find anything. So we'll let you go and choose up, but you're not allowed to smoke weed in here. You're not allowed to bring anything in here. And she was like, don't you dare, you know, think that you you can bring anything back and I was like yo I'm so sorry like we good and then she, another lady was like hey do you have any mangoes do you have mangoes in there and I was like I don't know possibly did and you she, have mangoes dude I don't even know probably I was eating them at some point <laughs> insanity literally when we left the airport I was like I need to get high right fucking now because I just blew my whole high off my edible and now I'm stressing it was terrifying and then we had to find weed in Tasmania which I don't recommend it always bring it don't get caught because it's impossible no, to no, find. No, excuse me. No, don't, <laughs> don't bring it. Don't, don't bring she, it. She got don't bring so it. lucky. Damn, I didn't know that happened to I you. Know, That's so I scary. Oh, oh my God, so it 
going to die. So we ate mushrooms the whole trip when we ran out of weed. Dude, it shouldn't be like that. It's so stupid. It's so It's crazy because like when I left the airport and we were in the car, it's like the whole reason I had brought in edibles and shit so they knew I was going to get my period on the trip. So I was like, ugh, I don't want to be like waste a whole day stuck in my hotel room, like fucking dying for my cramps. I want to be able to like at least like go out and like explore a little bit of the city and not like waste that whole day. Yeah. So I was like, let me just smuggle them. And then once like when I got in trouble, I was like, how fucked up that like you could I could have brought a case of oxycodone mm-hmm. straight up over there, no problem. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's like a legit drug. Oh yeah. And people are fucked up on that. I would not want to sit next to someone on my plane fucked up on that shit. Yeah. Meanwhile, I ain't an edible and fucking pass the fuck out and didn't say a goddamn word nor get up and go to the bathroom the entire flight (laughs) i can't even bring my medicine with me to a country where i know i'm gonna be in discomfort and you guys don't have it there and it's like decriminalized and it's legal where i'm from so why the fuck can i it's just so murky still and that's where people get fucked up and find themselves in these situations but we'll let people take oxycodone and percocets and go to work and like do shit and now that we're also going down this hole it's so hypocritical that people who have money and get to travel private right don't have to go through any of this no of course not again they bring whatever they want the richer get richer Mm -hmm. they stay privileged and rules don't apply to them, yeah, 100%. like the rest of us. And then you have regular schmegular yeah. people <laughs> who most of us, I mean, I couldn't afford my bail. I had to get bailed out because I have an amazing family who happened to have a little money. money to spare, you know? Had that not been the case, right. I would have been stuck in the system. I would have been stuck in Texas. I would have spent my 30th birthday in jail. Which is so crazy because it's legal where you were, where you got it, and where you were going back to. It was like, wasn't like you were gonna stop in texas and sell all these drugs in the airport no it's like a tiny minuscule amount where it's like they could have just been like okay you have a california id you're going back to california it's legal there it's clearly a small amount don't consume this in my airport get out of here right it's like no instead you're gonna lock somebody up in jail yeah either have me pay i think a 300 fine to like u.s immigration but obviously that's Mm -hmm. minuscule as far as the money they can make off of me in jail right so that's what we did and granted I no one got physical with me right. everyone was very respectful right. as I'm getting my mugshot taken the guy the cops asking me about CBD what the like, I can't I can't like, oh now you want me to educate you yeah. on the medicinal side of cannabis as you're arresting me for it not in the most like helpful of moods right now yeah like, not really wanting to put my butt under hat is this on. gonna get me out of jail then for sure I'll explain right. this all day like what the fuck is happening and and clearly you know made bail like two days later mm-hmm. and didn't have to go back and could afford an attorney that could fight for right. me just uh, overall very um positive experience out of a very shitty mm-hmm. shitty shitty fucking time still very expensive mm-hmm. like going with and this. you got out some people fucking then, never even I get out, out dude that's the, thing. that's the whole point it's insane like people are sitting in, in jail. jail for sprinkles of weed sprinkles it's insane sprinkles. I helped a gentleman the other day who's handicapped mm-hmm. literally came in handicapped with walkers yeah 
He was in jail for four years for a joint in his pocket. Fucking see, it's shit like that. It's insane. It's shit like that. And then you have politicians and people of power who Mm -hmm. are like raping. It's just like, how is it that the rules don't apply to everyone? Right. It's insane. Or it's like how we're not even treated as good as the alcohol industry, where we're so we can't even claim employees or expenses as a dispensary. It's like Mm -hmm. we have so many restrictions and rules, but it's like you can do whatever you want with alcohol. You can buy it in California at a grocery store if you yeah. want. It's crazy. You can. We have holidays that it's like drinking is acceptable and we give you the next day off because we're like, oh, we know you're going to be hungover. It's so loony. It's like people die every single day from alcoholism and alcohol abuse. And Oh my God, yeah. Weed is so not that bad and we treat it like it's the worst thing on the planet. We treat cannabis consumers like they're criminals when they really just love plants. A hundred (laughs) percent. They're just glorified botanists. Like we just, (laughs) okay. So I watched um, How High recently. I A, forgot how much I love Method Man. So amazing. Oh my God, such a beautiful movie. movie. And his whole little botany passion. I was like, oh, that's right. It's adorable. Oh my gosh, so good. And it's like, to the contrary, we call weed a weed and it is not that easy to grow. Those are finicky women, man. Oh, I kill them every time. Oh, yeah. I don't have it. You I grew beautiful plants. When I tried to grow here. like six different strains until I found out that I had to like pH balance six different waters for six different women. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm killing everyone off and we're keeping one strain. You had six girlfriends and you were like, I, I hate all of you. <laughs> yeah, and now I know what it feels like to be a dude. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> all these women want all this different stuff? No. It really is so scientific. Yes. And it's like, I just wish that the focus and the money was being placed towards that mm-hmm. versus a lot of the other bullshit where it goes. Because there's still so much more to learn. It's up to the consumer, though. Yeah. It's like people got to come in and they got to be like, yo, we want... We want the weed that has the terpene results. We want to see this. Like, they have to start asking for it. In order for them to start asking for it, they need to be taught that. People have a right to know what they're consuming. And if you had it everywhere, like, if every dispensary had terpenes listed on the placard and had little, even, like, cards or stupid things on the wall that says, like, do you want to know what a terpene is? Shout out to this really dope dispensary in Santa Cruz when you're waiting in line to go inside. Mm -hmm. They have a massive screen that's like, what's a terpene? When you're standing in line, you're being educated, which I think is a brilliant idea. Mm -hmm. If we had it all over dispensary, someone's eventually going to be like, what is a terpene? Why is it everywhere? And then we'd be like, oh, well, you definitely need to know what a terpene is. Because if you want to buy weed right now, you might want to know how you're going to feel. And the more you talk about it, the very people are very receptive to it. No one's like, I don't care. My favorite thing is like people will come in like I had this one lady come in and she bought the Cushberry Cheesecake from LA Kush. And it's like on our placards, it said hybrid. And on the box, it says sativa. And this lady called me and she was like, oh my God, I wanted to get a hybrid. Someone sold me a sativa. It says sativa on the box. I'm going to get so anxious. And I was like, wait one second. I'm going to walk over to the table because we list the terpenes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I know this is going to sound a little crazy. I was like, but terpenes are what are going to actually make you feel a certain type of way. So like if you smoke, you know, a certain strain that makes you anxious, it might be the terpene that's causing you that anxiety. I was like, so let me just take a look at inside. What's this one? And it was myrcene, beta-caryophylline, and 
and linalool. Mm, and I was like, oh my God. Yes. I was like, you're going to feel fine. I was like, I'm looking over the terpenes right now. I know you don't really know like what a terpene is. It's an aromatic compound. When you breathe in it, it actually like changes your body to feel mm-hmm. a certain type of way. And she was like, oh my God, I'm so fascinated. She's like, why has nobody told me this before? And I was like, well, a lot of people, number one, don't ask. And a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but the three ones you have are all anti-anxieties. They're all super relaxing. You're going to feel great. I was like, you might feel a little bit like more like upbeat. Mm-hmm. I was like, but you shouldn't feel anxious at all. The next day she was like, I felt amazing. She was like, I did everything that I needed to do. I wasn't anxious. I wasn't overly stimulated. And she was like, thank you so much for explaining this to me. So it's like, if you can just get that little moment to explain it. Yes. of their time. Yes. And you'll always meet somebody that's like, I already know what I'm looking for. I don't care about Mm -hmm. a terpene. It's like, fine, let them shop however they want to. But it's like, for the people that come in and they're looking for a specific type of feeling, there's a way you can open up that conversation and they'll always kind of want to hear it. Definitely. Because people want to be educated. Mm Mm-hmm. We totally derailed from... The Spitfire questions. Yeah. <laughs> also, real quick, yeah. this is the third, yeah, third podcast episode mm-hmm. that someone has brought up L.A. Kush's Kushberry Cheesecake. Oh how funny. Shout out L.A. Kush. Shout out to L.A. Kush. I mean, if you want to sponsor this, like... <laughs> we'll take it. We'll fucking take it. Clearly, we love it. Favorite music to listen to when you're stoned? Oh, it depends on my mood. Sometimes I'm in like a deep house type mm-hmm. of vibe that nobody likes but me. I love Tasha Tana. I feel oh, like when yes. I'm... Oh, she's fantastic. She's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I really like jazz. What? When I'm high, I know. <laughs> like, sometimes if I'm in, like, a I'm mood never. where I, like, want to be, like, loved on or, like, if I'm in a lovable mood, I like that, like, old school jazz. <laughs> Bitch, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm like, what is this song that I played? Yo. I'm, what is this? This is jazz. I've never seen Danny sway. Like, she was just <laughs> <laughs> I can't dance, y'all. Don't judge me. I really can't. And then I've never heard you talk about jazz. Wait, wait, wait. Right, this well, song. See, I might not have this song. right to it. We <laughs> <laughs> can do 10 seconds. Purple God's Gift. Yeah. Oh, and that goes so well with it. It's so but the old school original one, not this like I don't purple kush no, that people no. try to like push on. You know what, girl? I haven't even seen purple kush. Years. Ever. Years. Yeah. It's like I seen Great Pie. Uh those are Blunto's. They have a purple punch right now. But mm-hmm. yeah, dude. Favorite strain. Best for anxiety. Best for pain. Purple God's Gift TGG. Literally shout out to you. That is the best weed of all time. Bummer. Wherever you're at, I'd love some if you're growing it. That's another thing that's come up is 
Um, I find we're all missing the original strains. Yes. You'll still see Sour Diesel and Jack Herrera forever. Right. But, like, I miss my headband. I miss oh. a White Widow. Oh, White Widow. I miss a Northern Lights. Ooh, girl. Good luck. PGG. PGG. <laughs> oh, my God. Kushko. Remember that back yeah. in the day? You probably find that still. There's so many. You don't even Great see crap. that. I was just going to say that. No. That's so funny. I was going to say you don't even see that anymore. No. And that was, like, a staple. Yes, dude. Believe it or not, we don't even really get Blue Dream anymore. It's so weird. Not my favorite, but I mean, everybody else's favorite. Like, now everything's like something crazy made up or like a frosted donut or um, cereal milk. Or... Maven has the brulee. That's really Love good. Love that. I smoked that friggin' the other day. Ooh, that girl. That's really good. PB&J from Crew that one time. Ooh. Loved that. So shit. good. Oh my god, yeah, we've been very fortunate. We smoked a lot. Of but it's like now, it's like what you said, where everybody grows apple fritter. Right. You just don't <laughs> know what it is. Like, yeah. back in the day, you would hear something and be like, okay, I can kind of guesstimate yes. whose parents and what the genetics are. Mm-hmm. But it's like, even if you go on to something, like, like, Leafly, they are great. They talk about terpenes. I love mm-hmm. them. But they also, like, super generalize all strains where it's like, every strain of Blue Dream is going to make you feel this right. way. And it's like, no, because anybody can name anything, anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, without comparing the terpene results from this person's Blue Dream and this person's Blue Dream, how are you going to say that every strain of Blue Dream is going to make you feel creative and happy and uplifted? you only know that when you have a COA. So it's like there's some things that are like in our industry that are like moving towards the education, but I'm also still misleading. Totally agree. Thank you so much. What did you just roll? Uh, I think this is Tropicana Cookies by Maven. Fancy. You can like taste the tang in there. Oh, tang. Limeline. Do you feel like the weed smells as good, as potent as it used to? No. Because that's the problem. So like when you look at a a bud, you see like that white frosty stuff. Mm. Trichomes, that's what it is. All the terpenes and all the cannabinoids are in that frosty stuff. So the more frosty stuff that you have on your flower, the more terpenes and cannabinoids. But when you're growing, they have to fight for space. So it's like you either have a lot of cannabinoids or you have a lot of terpenes or you have an even amount of both. So when growers are pushing for that 30% THC, Uh, you're getting way less terpenes because there's only so much that can be there. Right. Yes, yes. And then it's like what people don't know is like there's, depending on what part of the plant you get, they have different terpenes because it's like the terpenes at the bottom of the plant and the top of the plant are fighting off totally different insects. They're exposed to totally different amounts of light. So it's like some of the ones at the bottom will turn like crickets or grasshoppers and some of the top will just or like spider mites so it's like even the same plant will have different terpenes throughout it she's too multifaceted to really put in a box she's amazing yeah she really is and it's so funny because it's like we'll never be able to fully understand her I think ever and what I think that's so beautiful about it is even when we're trying to refine it and distill it and we're making all these like cartridges and distillates Mm -hmm. and all that she's still best as her whole. Mm-hmm. It's like if you eat an edible, like your edibles yeah. made from cannabis butter, it's like such that fun high where it's yes. like, it's that high you used to get back in the day that everybody craves and tries to reach. It's like that giggly, lost in thought, like you're definitely stoned. It's so reminiscent of the high that we're constantly chasing. Yes, it's yes. It's like just getting the full profile mm-hmm. will get you there and not solely basing it on THC 100%. Yeah. And it's like people I hear all the time now, never heard back in the day, never heard back in the day at Old Green Easy, people being like, oh, this edible didn't work. If anything, people are coming in being like, oh my God, I just killed my brother. He like barely could walk. He was so high. I had to call an ambulance. (laughs) And we'd be like, don't eat the whole cupcake. We used to make Corolla thousand milligram edibles 
was like, what, dude? People are like, oh, the edibles don't get you high. It's like, well, yeah, because you guys, we are baking it with a distillate, so you right. don't taste the weed. The distillate only contains THC, so you don't get that full entourage effect. You get this really high spike where you're just kind of like, um, oh, really high. And then it's like, I, it wears off and I'm kind of groggy and a little bit tired. But it's like, dude, after I ate your edibles, it's like I didn't really feel like I needed to like take a nap or go to bed. I was just kind of like, oh, I'm sober again. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, I'm, I want that. I want that effect. And it's weird because we're just like, oh, well, we just don't want it to taste bad. But it's like, okay, well, we, it doesn't taste bad now, but the effect, it really isn't achievable. You're and you're having to eat so much more to get like what you think is going to be that high when it never really is. It's like it, now if I eat way more of like a Smokey's gummy, dude, I just get really tired mm-hmm. and I just want to fall asleep. But if I eat like Kiva where they use like full plant spectrum, they use the butter and like the cold water hash to make their edibles. I can eat way less and I'm like high. As you're saying that, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That makes sense that Kiva would be doing this and mm-hmm. the effect that I feel when I have one mm-hmm. of their products versus someone else's yes. where it's really kind of hit or miss. We should say your blood pressure can decrease. Yes, 100%. So you want to make sure that... Be very cautious. Be very cautious. And what would help that? Hydration? um, Always hydrate. Yeah. Because you get dehydrated because there are certain terpenes that are an astringent, which is clearly what we're smoking right now because I'm super con mouth. Yeah, same. But also food. A lot of people like don't... There is like this false myth to where we're like, eat edibles on an empty stomach. Mm -hmm. It's like you should actually eat edibles with food because it's fat soluble. So you get a better high. Like Mm -hmm. you absorb it better your body absorbs it better some people will eat them on an empty stomach and they'll get like a stomach ache because you're just like throwing this substance in your body and it's usually a lot of fat and like butter your body's just kind of like oh but it's like i always tell everybody a scoop of avocado peanut butter i always do it with peanut butter because i love peanut butter oh, I love or like that. right after you ate it'll hit you better what profession other than bed tending would you like to pursue if any i would love to be like a naturopath what is that um, like I would love, I mean, ultimately I would love to have my own dispensary, but after being a manager of several, it's a lot of work catering to a totally different type of person. But I would love to have my own little spot where it's like I could have a group of like staff, just like how we had a Green Easy, where it was right. just like dope, small staff that was super educated and really passionate about weed that yeah. like you could go in and it's like they could talk to you about other herbs. Like you could roll with Mullen or Dominia and also get like a better you know night's sleep and have like a wellness place where it's like we integrated other herbs and mushrooms and other medicine where it was just like that one place you could go to that was just like all wellness where it's like we teach you yes would love that I would love that too for us Mm -hmm. (laughs) we should do this I think we have to where it's like there's education behind it you know like where there's a lot of places like I mean I love them don't get me wrong those little mystical places where you go and you buy like the candles and like the stones I love all of that yeah like but it's like yeah to also have that with like medicine that's backed by science and incorporating all that other fun spiritual stuff and I feel like when you start to smoke cannabis you develop that I mean I've always had a love for the planet and in mother nature but 
it's like this is so amazing and it comes from nature and I hope more companies go to be like more sustainable and like better to our environment. I feel like our industry creates a shit ton of trash well, now. And no recycling programs. There's no recycling programs. There's now so much plastic. Yes. Where back in the day a guy just used to show up with a turkey bag yeah. filled with weed and we didn't have to waste all of this. We cleaned that thing. glass jar and filled it with something new. Exactly. So way, way, way more sustainable. We used to get people to Discounts if they brought their containers back in. Yeah. There are some companies like Dosist will have their yeah. recycling thing, but certainly not enough. Definitely not every no. company is partaking in any type of recycling program. As far as like where things are moving towards, I would like to see that being incorporated too. Yeah, for sure. I would love to see more companies like put in the little extra effort to be like more earth conscious. I know in Oregon right now, if you as a grower can show that you're doing something sustainable, whether you're using solar or like renewable energies or like refiltering your water back into your grow, they will actually give you a discount on your power bill, like your bills Mm. for being better for the planet. They give you a break. I would love to know something you did recently and which you left a place better than you found it. Or it can be a person better than you found them. And it doesn't have to be big. Sometimes people overthink it. It's really the little things, I think, that that Um, often get overlooked. But, like, you probably did make a difference in that person's day. Like a person that I helped? Sure. Um, Well, good old Al. Love him. 91 years old. Still rides a bike. Still smokes cannabis. Shout out to Al. Coolest dude of all time. Definitely proves that smoking weed keeps you alive. (laughs) Quick-witted on it. Quick-witted on it. Knows exactly. He's still betting on horses. Yes. He has all of his brain cells. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's really incredible. It's impressive. Smokes weed every single day. Yeah, I went. To, he wanted weed the other day, and I was like, "I got you." And my friend gave me an eighth of Maven, so I like drove over there and I gave him an eighth of it. And he texted me later, and he was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! I was able to write my screenplay with this." I was like, "You're so cute." The man is texting and writing screenplays. I know he's so funny. Oh my god, I love him so, so much. He was like, "Why aren't you married?" He's like, it's the craziest thing to me that you're not married. I was like, I know, Al. Funny. Oh my god. Like he's been asking you, why aren't you married for like ten years? Over ten years. Probably (laughs) thirteen at this point. It's always been a thing with him. Oh my god, I love him. We would watch TV and movies yes. and on the iPad and roll joints and yes. just like spend hours next to each other. How crazy. That used to be side work was rolling joints. Now yeah. people don't even touch joints. People trying to return weed now oh. kills me. Kills me. And then when I have to explain it to them and how irate they get at me. <laughs> Remember when someone tried to get us to carry um, weed cocaine? Drocane. <laughs> yes. Shout out to Mike again where he wouldn't let any of us take that home. He was like, absolutely not. We're like, we were like, what's inside of it? He was like, it makes you feel jacked. We were like, that's definitely real cocaine. <laughs> Cut with maybe a distillate. Maybe. Yo, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Yo, people were crazy oh back in my God. day. Drocane. Any other wild thing before we like... I mean, the Crova thousand milligram brownies were crazy, but to think back in the day, we didn't even know how many milligrams were in our brownies. We were just selling brownies. Yeah, and saying <laughs> and being luck. like, maybe this is a hundred milligrams. Maybe. Okay, well, we're gonna eat the brownies now. And yes, yes, I love it. Last but not least, mm-hmm. the last segment is time to call your plug. It's the moment where you can plug like your social media handle, whatever you're working on, any other things that you do. I mean, you are a jack of all trades. You've you've rolled weed for countless. Yes. Lives. Can we just get a quick list? 
of your favorite celebrities that you've rolled a joint for? I mean, Brad Pitt is like yeah. number one. Quentin Tarantino is there. Fucking, you've rolled for Chelsea Handler. Oh, she was not nice to me though. I mean, she wasn't a bitch, but she was not nice to me. Was she just like, give me my joint slave? I mean, it was more so an edible, like she was with a friend of hers and her friend wanted to try the edibles on the table and Kiva made like uh, chocolate dipped pretzels and they were 1.5 milligrams. Okay. I mean, which can get some people really fucked up, but like one milligram for most people, it's like, you're good. And she came over with her girlfriend and her girlfriend was like, oh, I don't really smoke weed, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, you, well, you could try one of these. They're 1.5. And she was like, no, don't eat anything off this table. And I was like, well, it's really low dose. Like she wouldn't really feel that much of an effect, you know? And I want it to be like, in case she gets overly intoxicated, like right. there's lemons at the bar right over there. You know, she could just, and she'd be okay. Yeah. And she just like immediately cut me off and was like, like I said, don't eat anything on the table. Interesting. And she like grabbed some joints and just kind of like went on her way. And I wanted to be like, I just read your book. I love you so much, but <laughs> I'm just going to keep that all to myself. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, we don't have that moment. I wonder if it had more to do with the person who was trying to eat it. Yes. All- I think she was just very protective of her friend and wasn't really paying much attention to me. She was just kind of like, this girl doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah. That's something that we've definitely dealt with as far as like older people. Yes. Not to say that Chelsea Handler's older, but no. she's older than us. Yes. And it's like, I look like a, just a young girl. We were in a different setting where it was like a professional setting and people were like tasting edibles mm-hmm. and like you were actually getting an explanation. Maybe she'd be more open to it, but it was like a birthday party. Right. So she probably just thought I was like some hired girl really what which what I was not knowing that I like educated myself and it's like I've gone to school and I've like done the stuff for cannabis my conspiracy ass is like I wonder if like there's sometimes other stuff in the food and it's like I grew up watching Full House and I saw both the dads from Full House and they looked at me like I was trash The they like came over to my table where I was rolling joints and they were just kind of like, oh, no, okay, wait, so no, no, Bob Saget, yes, and which is really, Jesse? yes, um, both of them. They looked at you like you're a trap. Oh, you're so stupid. So I want to be like, oh my god, I love you guys. Right. And they were you like, oh, me. and I was like, you also don't smoke weed? Like, what the fuck? Okay. Like, James Franco better be a fucking stoner. No, I don't think he is. <gasps> I don't think he is. I can't. I think he's just a really good actor. Thank yeah. God Seth Rogen. Like, Seth we got you. I think our stoner, like, movie is, um, what's that one with Dave Chappelle? Our boy, Dave Chappelle. Uh, what is it? Bite? Yes! <laughs> That's, like, where I was, like, young and, like, had my first idea of, like, seeing weed and being like, oh, my God, that's what weed is. Like, that's how I'm going to feel. I feel you. Floating around. Also, Dave Chappelle is the greatest human of all time. Mm -hmm. Thank you for treating us with the utmost respect and being such a sweet, amazing customer and tipping us amazing. Very, very generously, which he didn't have to do. No, not at all. I appreciated him. Like, he would take the time to, like, Say hi to everyone, shake people's hands, look you in the eye. A hundred percent. Ask us questions, like talk. Didn't even want stuff for free or on discount, like didn't even mind. Spent money. Brought his friends in there. Yes. Yes. Was so polite to anybody that was like, oh my God, Dave Chappelle. He bought weed for that one kid. I know, I know, I know. Okay, I cut off your plug moment. Oh, who am I plugging? Oh, me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I am coming out with a website um, where I'll have my joint rolling where you can hire me to roll joints at parties. Yeah, best joints ever. Yes, education. So Mm -hmm. if you want me to come to you, train your staff, educate you. Um, It's 420 right now. Yes. Oh my God. Good timing. Yeah. And I have my Instagram, but I don't really post on it anymore. Should Um, I even say that? It's up to you. I mean. Like, it's not really like weed friendly. It's just like me. It's just like my life. Well, your life is very weed friendly. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, I think, um, I would say maybe an email then if you want to keep it profesh. Yeah. Yeah. But email can, if people do want to reach out for education, um, actually like create a real one, not just like a normal (laughs) one. I'm keeping that in this. Forgot it. <laughs> I work too much. You can't even no, talk to me. No, I can meet you. You can DM me. No, I always okay, get back to your, everyone. What's your Instagram? D A N N I B A N K Z underscore. Not the stripper. Wait, there's a stripper with your thing? Yo, I had to change my Dan, name Dan because thing. I was tagged in a dirty <laughs> video and she wouldn't untag me. Uh, and I got like 150,000 new followers and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh my whoa. God, that's hilarious. Not cool. All right. Thank you so much. Yes, really thanks for having me. This is so informative. Good, I'm glad I'm you. so high. I hope that came out good. Yeah. <laughs> That's the show. Thank you for listening to another episode of That Bud Tender Podcast. Follow me at The Stone Journalist. Follow the show at That Bud Tender Podcast. Like, share, subscribe, and keep getting high, my babies. <laughs>